Morning. How are we doing? We all right? Good. Well, that's Karamia. She's all right. That's... Okay, well, look, um, uh, last couple of weeks we have been looking at the subject of, yes, worship. Thank you, Herman. Herman's awake. We've been looking at the subject of worship. I don't know what the rest of you have been doing, but that's certainly what uh, we've been doing. Uh, We've been looking at the subject of worship, and uh, I hope you found the last two weeks encouraging. Thank you, Karamia. That's excellent that she has found it. Karamia, I'm very glad you're around, I have to say. You're my kind of girl, I must say. Just a little bit of feedback is always welcome. Yeah, no, so I, at least in my mind, the last two weeks were very challenging. And um, uh, I, I hope you found two weeks ago when we looked at the whole question of who are you worshipping? I asked you very specifically, yeah, who's first? Who do you worship most in your life? Did you find that challenging? I hope so, because actually, these are real questions. If we're going to be disciples of Jesus, we've got to know that. and We've got to be thinking, yeah, do I have idols in my life that actually take a greater position? And I hope some of those idols were challenged two weeks ago. I really do. I hope some of you went home and thought, yikes, yeah, who is first? I hope I made you a little uncomfortable, in a helpful kind of way, obviously. Um, So that was kind of a big day. And then Ian preached so helpfully last week, didn't he? Wasn't that good? I just, when he started to preach about um, uh, God and he he spoke about uh, that uh, picture in Ezekiel about the fire above and the fire below. Do you remember all that? I just, I was caught up in that as he was preaching. And I thought, God, you're glorious. You're awesome. I really had a sense of the awe of God as he was preaching. So, uh, yeah, no, so big weeks, I would suggest, uh, we've been looking at in terms of worship. And I just feel, as I've been thinking about it a little bit more, I want to do another week uh, looking at worship. Uh, however, I've got to say, this week is going to be much more practical. We've done the big themes, and it's going to be a bit less, oh, and a bit more, oh, I see. <laughs> at least I hope. That's the plan. So, and I particularly want to look around the practicalities of a Sunday morning meeting like this. And uh, the reason I want to just to look at the practicalities of the meeting is because Paul did it in 1 Corinthians 14. Do you remember that, uh, that chapter, if you know the book of Corinthians? He's done some big themes. He's looked at love. Do you remember that awesome stuff he writes about love? And he's looked at prophetic, uh, the, uh, prof- uh, uh, spiritual gifts. And then he says, okay, now let's have a practical look at your meeting, because it's a bit of a mess, is what he's saying to the Corinthians. Not that our meetings are a mess, but but that's what he's saying. Come on, we've got to sort this out. Now, practically, what's going on? And then he talks about who should stand up and who should sit down. And if you've got three of them going, don't do that. You know what I mean? He brings practical, common sense order to the meeting. And uh, as you read that chapter... This is the kind of thing you see, and you see his heart. I think you really see Paul's heart. And these are the phrases that keep popping up. Verse 5, he says, so that the church might be built up. And then verse 12, same thing, strive to excel in building up the church. Verse 26, let all things be done for building up. What do you think was on Paul's mind? (laughs) That's what is interspersed all the way through that chapter. He's dealing with practical things, but that's his heart on display right there. Because he's saying, I love the church. 
And I really want you guys to be in a place that does you good. I want, you, I want your Sunday morning meetings, or whenever they met, I want your meetings to do you good. I want the people who come to say, oh, yes, I've met with God. That so encouraged me. Man, I am ready for the week now. Here we go. Do you, do you see what I mean? That's what he's saying. And then he also talks about bringing, um, God is not a God of confusion, but peace, and all things should be done decently and in order. I remember the first time I went into a church voluntarily. I'd done a few of those at school and stuff. And uh, I was in my teens, and uh, I became a Christian, much to the horror of my parents, I think, really. But I, I did. I became a Christian. And I thought, well, I'm a Christian now, so that means I should go to a church. My simple thinking. And I thought, well, there's one locally, so I'll just go to that one. So I took myself off and uh, just went in through the door, and I can remember being handed a book. Oh, it's a book. Thank you very much. So I went in and found a pew somewhere at the back where I wouldn't be seen and sat down. I thought, right, well, I don't know what to expect, really. And then everybody started, and then they started singing in Latin. And I remember thinking, I'm a bit rusty on my Latin. I, 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 I'm, I'm not sure. What, what, where are we? What's happening? And uh, it was probably two or three weeks before somebody came over to me and said, it's page, this page here, look, this page. I said, oh, all right, oh, good. But it was weeks before I'd got the general gist of what was going on. I thought, I don't understand what's going on. I, I don't understand Latin, so I don't understand what I'm singing. I'm really lost. And uh, those who'd been going for years understood it perfectly, and they could sing it all. And I wonder whether it's like that actually for every church. When you're new to a church, you come in, and quietly, there are a bunch of rules then nobody says their rules. And I don't really know where these rules come from because we don't like rules. We're charismatics. We don't do rules. Oh, gracious. But somehow they creep in, don't they? And somehow everybody knows what to do. And when you're new, you think, how did they know to do that? Because I don't know what that is. So, um, and I guess if you're new to a place, that's a bit intimidating. Because all sorts of questions are going through your head, probably, like... Um, well, they can speak and they can speak. So can I speak? They can pray. Can I pray? When do I pray? Uh, and um, and what's, what do I do if I feel I've got a prophetic word? Do they do prophetic words here? Uh, what do I do if I've got one? How, how does that work? What's the mechanics of... Um, do I just do it from my chair? Do I speak to some? You know what I mean? And then if you're not used to charismatic worship... You'll be thinking, why do they all stick their hands up in the air when we sing? Is that what you do? Oh, it's a song. Right, okay, hands up. <laughs> right, la, 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 la. Oh, it's finished. Okay, now we, we put those down again. Is that what we do? You know what I mean? Like, that sounds really daft, but, but if you are new, that's the kind of mystery that you've come into. What is this? What is this weirdness going on? And uh, probably the thing you're dreading more than anything is that you will then enthusiastically do the wrong thing at the wrong time. And everyone will stare at you and say, what are you doing? We don't do that here. And uh, you'll feel terrible. Think, oh, I never, I'll never come here again. And I'll never, ever do that again. And I... So I just think it would be worth just unpacking some practical stuff. Because what I want to do really this morning is I want to completely, if I can, demystify this meeting. 
So there's no mystery. There's no, can I do that or can't I do that? Or how do I do that? I just want, because Paul's heart in this chapter is you all have something to offer. And you see, if there is disorder or confusion in your mind about what I can do and when, it won't help you. It won't build you up. It will silence you. You'll just think, I'll just keep my mouth shut because it's safer. And I want to try and undo that a bit this morning so that we have a bunch of rabid people all wanting to share and, and well, not rabid, but anyway, you know what I mean. <laughs> we are in Seven Oaks after all. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm going to just take a look at a few practical things then surrounding worship and prayer and prophecy and contribution that happen on a Sunday morning. And um, as I say, I hope you'll feel more comfortable to contribute by the end of it. Okay. So what do you do if you have a prophetic word? Okay, you've come to this meeting and uh, you're just minding your own business and everyone starts singing, so you put your hands up because that's what we do. And, um, and suddenly in the midst of that, you get a picture. And you think, hello, what's this? And you realize that this is more than just your thoughts. You realize this is, this is God speaking. Now, it might happen differently to you. You might get a sense or a scripture or somebody gets pictures. Of, you know, it's all different, isn't it? But you think, I, have got a, I've got, I think God is wanting to say something here. What do you do now? Because if you're not wanting to say anything, that's a problem. <laughs> okay, so a few suggestions. Once you have thought about this picture... And you have tested it. That's the biblical thing to do. The Bible says test everything. So you get this picture. How do you test it? Well, the immediate thing, of course, you do is you say, is this biblical? Does this fit with the thrust of Scripture? Or is it contrary? To the, you know? So if it's something clearly dumb, you can say, that's a dumb thought. <laughs> At least I hope you will say that. Um, you can ask questions as well. Begin to pray. Is this just for me? Or is this for the church? That's a good question. Because, you know, God loves to speak to his children. And in the midst of worship, his presence, you know, we have a sense of it, the, the thickness, if I can describe it, that of God's presence. And God sometimes just wants to come and speak to you. And you think, ah, now is this just for me? Or is this for, for the church? Good question to ask. To be honest, it's often for both. Um. The next thing then, take some courage. Have courage. I, I, the number of people that have come up to me and said, you know, during that meeting I had a picture. And I think, how can I strangle you nicely? <laughs> In a very, very nice Christian sort of way. I want to get hold of your throat right now. No, um, because you're thinking, I know, often when you're leading a meeting, you have a sense that God is wanting to say something. And I know, and I'm waiting and listening. I'm thinking, no, there's a prophetic word that should come now. And I'm thinking, how much longer can I wait? <laughs> and then either somebody comes or they, or, or they don't. So have some courage. Don't ignore what God is saying to you. Then come to the meeting leader. So it was Malcolm this morning. Come to Malcolm and say, Malk, I have got this word. I've got this picture. What do you think? See, I think what... Uh, makes some people frightened is the sense of responsibility that they carry. What if the word is wrong? Is what people often say. What if I've got it wrong? I would have told the church something that's complete bonkers. 
Well, if you tell the meeting leader, and the meeting leader says, you know what, I really think that's from God. He carries half the load and the responsibility. So you're not carrying it alone. It's not just you up here. The meeting leader said, this person comes with my authority to speak. So hopefully that will help you and say, yeah, I'm, I'm right, I'm not on my own. Okay, so um, explain it briefly as well to the meeting leader. Please do not go into every little jot and detail of the meaning of 13 Hebrew different words. You know, please don't do that. Just make it short. Just say, this is what I've got. Uh, and uh, then what will happen probably at that stage is if the meeting leader is saying, yeah, I think this is a word from God, he'll just say, can you just stay here with me? Because we're singing a song at the moment. So can you just stay here with me and I'll find you the right time to get in? Okay, that's practically what happens. Uh, or the meeting leader might say, do you know what? I think that's for you. I don't think that's for the meeting. Now, please don't be offended if that's happened. Don't get all bristly and clucky. Don't you, don't you say, don't you say, that's a word from God. Don't you, you can't say to me. Actually, yes, yes, the meeting leader can say, because he, he is responsible for the meeting. And that, that is delegated authority. Therefore, the meeting leader absolutely can say, you know, I don't think that's right. Is this helpful? Good, 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 good. Because it's what's coming. So there you are. <laughs> The way you learn to do the prophetic is by having a go. Yeah. If you don't have a go, I suggest you won't learn. So sometimes, I certainly know when, when I was in my uh, teenage, uh, the church then, I just thought every time I get something that I think is from God, I'm going to share it and I'm going to go to Roger or Norman, the elders at the time, and say, guys, what do you think? And Norman being Norman would often say, yeah, I think so, go on, in you go. <laughs> so I would share it and I would share it and I would share it. And I learned that way. And after a bit, you really get good at learning, no, that isn't from God, or yes, it is. Right, uh, another practical thing, just so you know what the deal is. Um, we tend to share prophetic words in the second half of the, of the worship time. That generally, So it's after about half past ten. We tend to hold them off a little bit until about half ten. Now, the reason for that is because... We need to get into worship. And often, uh, when there's too many interruptions to our sung worship time, it doesn't help the band in terms of actually leading it and us getting close. I mean, this morning, I thought there was a build, wasn't there? Yep. Did you feel that? As we began to worship, one song built on another, built on another. And sometimes, if there are too many interruptions, and particularly too early, I think we've come to the conclusion, haven't we, Mount, that it's just a bit unhelpful. Uh, but we highly... Value and prize the prophetic. So it's absolutely essential that we always have time for it. And sometimes it doesn't operate like I've just said. There's nothing written in stone here. But generally, that's probably what the meeting leader will encourage you to do. Will say, Well, can you just stand here with me? It'll be another five minutes or so yet before you get in. Okay? The other thing I, I really encourage you not to do please don't come. At 10 to 11, I've got this very, very significant prophetic word. Yes, but we're shutting it down now because we've got notices and then somebody's going to preach. So please, please don't come at 10 to 11 right, right at the end. Because very often when there's a prophetic word, often there will be another song to, you have to kind of follow it up with something. 
and there just isn't the time to deal with it. So the meeting leader will probably say to you, if you come at 10 to or quarter to, we just haven't got time right now to do this. So come as early as you can to the meeting leader, okay? Is that helpful? Yeah, okay. Um, also, when you prophesy, can I encourage you to be short and punchy? Particularly if you're new to this. Uh, when, often when you're nervous and you're speaking, you start to repeat. So uh, you think, well, I've got one line. God says this. And then you think, right, I'm not quite sure where to go with that, so I'll say it again. <laughs> you think, yeah, we've got that, we've got that. I, I, I might say it again. And you think, right, okay, just say it once and then stop. Okay, and if it's only a short prophecy, that's fine. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. Uh, yeah. So, and try to, over, uh, try to avoid over-elaborating or repeating. Okay, so that's uh, the prophetic. What about praying then on Sunday morning? We had some people pray out. I've got to say, I think it's great that people pray during the meeting. I love that. Uh, often, prayers of thanksgiving are very closely linked to praise. Have you seen that in Scripture? In the Psalms in particular, praise and thanksgiving go hand in hand. So prayers of thanksgiving, I really want to encourage us to do that. I thought we did it this morning, and I would encourage you to do it uh, more and more. It, it's all part of the deal. I've got to say, I think, Ian Lane, where are you? I love the way you pray. I just find it so encouraging. Claire Goodall, are you around this morning? I find Claire's praying just inspiring. It comes right out of her life. Paul, yours as well. McCormack, when you pray, I am very encouraged with this. And I, what happens to me when I'm listening to them is I begin to say, yeah, yeah, I agree with this. I really agree. Yes. Oh, yes. And it's like I'm sharing in them praying. Does anyone else have that? Yeah, yeah good. Okay, so um, uh, just encourage you to do it. Now, again, if you are new and you have never prayed out loud in a public meeting before, that could be quite nerve-wracking for some of us. Uh, a couple of suggestions then about how you can do it. Try and keep your prayers short. Short and punchy. Okay? Um, uh, uh, and also remember, you're praying to God, not to the rest of the church. Uh, okay, so um, uh, if you are a frustrated preacher, don't pour it out in a massive prayer. That can happen. And it's, remember, we're trying to build up the church. We're not trying to distract the church. We're trying to build up the church. So if you have that heart of how do I build up the church you're not going to go very far wrong, I would suggest. Okay. Other thing is, if you are going to pray on a Sunday morning, can you speak up? Because actually, if you've got a very mousy voice, it's great to pray, but actually, we might not notice. Uh, the, the acoustics in this hall are average. Not great, are they? So if somebody is praying quietly over there, this side will not hear it. So speak up. Uh, just a practical thing. And then lastly, I just want to say, give it a go. Give it a go. Speak out. Let your passion for Jesus come out. Just say, God, I love you. Something good has happened to you during the week. Let it out. It builds the church. It really does. It really does. Okay, so that's prayer. 
testimonies now, testimonies and contributions. Could I have a glass of water? For somebody, would you mind getting me a glass of water? Testimonies and contributions. Now, they're really helpful, aren't they? Who enjoys testimonies? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think of a, a group of the... Um, oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Steve. That's lovely. Um, really, I, I think of... Who remembers Andre sharing about his, your shoulder, wasn't it? Do you remember that? And uh, he, he came in... Uh, correct me if I've got this wrong, but you came into the meeting. He thought, God's going to do something today. I'm not quite sure what... And then you'd had a problem with your shoulder for five weeks, three weeks, a few weeks, a couple of weeks, something like that. And then you felt God healed you during the meeting. And he shared that. Do you remember that? Do you remember Claire Goodall sharing her testimony about uh, she's uh, working on a stroke ward as a nurse, struggling. And uh, she'd been praying, God, please help me. And then another nurse, not a Christian, comes up to her to say, I heard a voice say, once you've finished here, you need to go and help Claire. Do you remember that testimony? I remember thinking, oh, that's amazing. Isn't that encouraging to hear that? Just fantastic. Um, what else? Uh, do you remember Miriam's dream? Do you remember? Miriam had a dream, and uh, she dreamt of a bomb going off in an enclosed space. And she woke up, and she woke Steve up, and said, we've got to pray about this, something like that. And uh, they started to pray, and they started to pray that this bomb would not go off, or would, the people would be safe. That the people would be safe. That's in the underground. Yeah. Yeah. So do you remember her sharing that, that whole thing? She has this dream of a bomb going off in the underground. She knew that the two of them had to pray. They start to pray. A couple of hours later, on the news, a bomb has gone off in the tube that morning in London, and it hasn't gone off properly. So nobody is killed. Nobody is killed. You just think, that's God at work. Man, that's powerful. You know, I just thought, um, uh, 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 when Ad shared, when, when Ad shared, do you remember him saying, uh, he got prayed for, I think uh, uh, Malcolm and Kim had prayed for him, He'd had besetting thoughts for 40 years. He'd had to fight these thoughts every day, every single day. I know, I'm just saying no to these thoughts. He gets prayed for. They've gone. He's a bit shocked, to be honest. They have gone. After 40 years, he went home and think, I am different. What has happened to me? They're really powerful, aren't they? Talk about building up the church. What's your faith level like after a testimony? Mine is sometimes right up there. And also, if then someone else who's in the same situation that you've been in comes up to you and says, well, I, I've got the same problem. Can you pray for me? Come on. It's brilliant. Your opportunity. So, um, please come forward with stories about what God has done in your life. I really, really want to hear. Hear that and let them do the church good. Don't keep them to yourself, is what I'm saying. Just a few thoughts around them. Again, try and keep them relatively short and punchy because that's the best way of communicating to a group of people. If you have lots and lots and lots and lots of words, you tend to lose the meaning. And actually, I want the church to get the benefit of what you've said and not lose it. So keep it short. And that's the best way of communicating. 
Uh, try not to begin in 1947 and have a slow amble. You know, that's, you know, oh, you know. Um, okay. And also, just to remind you, a testimony is not a story about something nice that's happened to you. A testimony is what God has done. God, I didn't have money. I prayed. God supplied. So the point of the testimony is you're saying, look at God. Look at God. Look what he can do to, in order to build up the church. Okay? It's great that something nice happens to you, but it's not a testimony. It's just a nice thing that's happened to you. So we need to get the right stuff in the church. Okay. Worship. Let's have a quick look at worship. Just want to say about worship. James 4 says this. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So if you're unsure about how to worship, draw near. Just say, God, I want to come closer to you. Can I come closer to you, please? That's all you need to say to start. Can I come? And then know this. He will come close to you. I want to challenge you. How are you doing with worship? When did you last feel you've made a step forward in your worship? Or you, do you just do the same thing again and again? Well, I know what I do with worship. I do this, and I, I, I do this. Yes, and there we are. And then I sit down again. Has it become routine for you? When did you last do something new in worship? Have you hit a plateau in worship? Uh, I, I smiled at that song we sang about raising our hands. I just feel I just want to say this to you. Um, if you're not used to lifting up your hands in worship, just raising your hands, doing this, uh, can I encourage you to think about it? Because Psalm 134 says this, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. Psalm 63 says, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. The Bible is littered with references to lifting up hands in all sorts of different contexts. In prayer, in praise, in considering God, in drawing close to him. And uh, I just want to encourage you to do it. Maybe for some of you, that's your next step. I remember years ago, a guy called Phil Cole. Does anybody remember Phil? One or two, yeah, yeah, yes, thank you. And I can remember him sharing about this, and he'd become a Christian. And he just said this was a real battle for him. And he said he felt the first time he put his hand up in the air to worship God, he was so uh, self-conscious, he felt his hand had swollen to about ten times the size. <laughs> and it, and it was, he just felt, everybody's now looking at me. I've got my hand in the air, it's an enormous thing, and I'm waving around, oh, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> He really, really struggled. Um, but can I say, uh, 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 um, Nicky Gumbel would say this, uh, when you raise your hands, it, what you're saying is, God, I am open to you. Very often, he said, I can see people with their hands in their pockets, and it's like they've got the attitude, bless me if you can. <laughs> Actually, it's a very instinctive thing to do. Have you noticed kids do that to mum and dad, don't they? They go... Can, can you pick me up? Uh, there's lots of football going on at the moment. And we know football fans do this yeah. as a form of adoration. Um, and I just want to say, I challenge you, do it. Because it's biblical. 
It's a biblical form of worship. And there is something about just saying, God, I'm open to you. Here I am. Come, Lord. It does help you get closer. There's an, uh, there's an openness uh, in it. But you might want to consider other things. You might want to consider bowing or kneeling. These are really biblical things to do. Sometimes just a sense of submission to God. God, I bow to you. I acknowledge you're my maker. You're the Lord. Right now I need to do that. I just acknowledge your ways, not mine. Sometimes that's a really helpful thing to do. Sometimes dancing. There's the charismatic two-step, which most of us do, which I'm not going to demonstrate right now. (laughs) No, no. No, no. This stage can only take three tons, so I can't, I, can't, uh, I can't do it for health and safety purposes. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Dancing's a great thing. Yes, you do. If anybody says no, I will ask them to stand and demonstrate. Okay. <laughs> you can do it, Dave. If you... So, yeah, dancing. Dancing. It is an expression of joy. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. It doesn't say make a tuneful noise. Most of us will be glad to know. (laughs) Make a joyful noise. Joy. It's not a bad thing in church, you know. (laughs) It's a good thing to see. So let me just ask, let me put some of those things to you. Maybe there's a challenge there for some of you. Yeah, I've never done one of those. Maybe just ask God, can I do that? What does that look like? If you are going to dance, uh, just be careful of the person next to you, all right? <laughs> Particularly if you flail your arms in a sort of, in a very sort of odd way. Um, can I just say a couple of other things? Uh, some people have said, well, I, I don't like uh, lifting up my hands. I don't like getting too passionate because the visitors, you see, we've got visitors and they might think it's all really weird and odd. So I just behave myself because I think that's better. And uh, we, w- we don't want to upset our visitors. Well, no, I don't particularly want to upset our visitors either. If you're a visitor, I don't wish to upset you. Um, but I have to say, when you invite someone to church, they really are expecting to meet people who believe in God. That's not a big leap for them. You know, it isn't. Um, and particularly if they're not used to going to church, they will expect. So the way you are demonstrates what you believe about God. So they will come in and say, well, they're not serious about God at all because they all sit down and look miserable. So clearly God's a very miserable God. But if they come into an environment where there is passion for Jesus, I remember Ian, is he in? Oh, he's in kids' work. Ian said when he came in um, 13 years ago, he saw the passion in worship. And, and thought, there must be something up there. That's, what he, that's how he reacted. He didn't say, oh, that's weird. No, he said, no, there's passion here. This is real. So let's not be worried about visitors, okay? That's just a practical point. Uh, and, and anyway, I would suggest this meeting is for you. It's for the saints. It's for the Christians to be built up and encouraged. The church is done good too. So let's do that. Um, and leave, leave the rest of it to God. A couple of other practical things. Uh, singing in tongues. Now, some of you might say, well, I can't speak in tongues. And then when sometimes the band leads us and we all start singing in tongues together, I can't do that. So what do I do? 
Well, can I encourage you to sing in English or whatever your first language is? Start just to sing. In other words, just make words up. The bath is a good place to practice this, I might suggest. <laughs> your own bath, I understand, you understand? <laughs> Somehow, no, I won't demonstrate that. No. No, I, I haven't got a video of you, Aj, don't worry. No, no, absolutely. Just practice in your own times, wherever's convenient to you, singing your own songs to God. Make up your own tune, make up your own words. It doesn't have to be particularly tuneful, but it does say, sing a new song to the Lord. Yeah. New songs are very biblical. That's why we introduced new songs. You produce your own new songs. David did that. He wrote uh, the Psalms. That's him singing to the sheep because he was a shepherd. That's, that's the consequence of it. I encourage you, do it. It's a, it's a vital way of you connecting with God. And then it helps you on a Sunday morning. When people sing in tongues, you can think, well, I can just worship God. Um, and, and as well, we also have increasingly, I notice um, some of the worship leaders do this. I think Naomi does this. Is uh, When she's singing, and we'll sing a song, we'll sing it a few times, she will then sing her own song. Have you noticed to do that? And suddenly the words aren't relevant anymore. And I guess if you're new, you'd be thinking, help, what do I do? Because normally in church, we, you're told what to do. Stand, sit, you know, sing, don't. Suddenly, there is no boundary. What do I do now? Well, can I just say again, make up your own songs. Let songs of worship come up from your heart and just produce something. And the beauty is no one else can hear you. So you can have a terrible voice and you can belt it out. It's absolutely fine because we're all doing it together. Okay, so it's just a practical thing. Um, I try and encourage the worship leaders to give some instruction when that happens. To say something like, why don't you sing your own songs? Have you heard that instruction sometimes? Sometimes it gets a bit lost, I think, because the mics aren't always in. I know you've done it, Lizzie, really helpfully. Why don't you sing your own songs? And that's what, I, that's what they mean. Just let songs of worship rise up. Okay, so look, there's just some practical thoughts. I hope that demystifies some of the meeting for you. I hope that it will help you step forward in all of those areas. Um, I just want to say as well, uh, maybe the idea of worship is completely alien uh, to some of you. I, I just want to say there is a God out there who is worthy of your worship. He is worthy of taking that primary place in your life. He is worthy of being your God, of being the sovereign God. And I want to say this, God is good and he loves you. The Bible describes him as a good shepherd. So he's a good, he's a God who cares for you. And uh, uh, Jesus said this, I have come to give you life and life to the full. He won't take all your problems away, but he will give you life and he will always be with you. I want to say if you don't know him, there is eternal life on offer for you today. You need to know him. Your life without God, I would say this, is empty. You need to know him. It is the point of your life is to know God. That is the point of your life. 
People ask that. What's the point? Life is so meaningless. No, it's not meaningless. The point is to know him and to worship him. And you know, you can know God. If you don't know God, you can know him this morning. And you need to believe. It's really simple. Jesus set the bar as low as possible in order to get people in. He said, only believe. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Believe in him. Believe that he can forgive you for the sin that you have committed, the things that you've done wrong. Jesus said, all who believe in me won't perish, but they will have eternal life. I want to say that you can receive it right now. Worship can start to make sense to you in a way that perhaps it hasn't. Why don't we just close our eyes? I just want to say, if you've never received Jesus, if you've never believed, but maybe this morning as I've been speaking, something has suddenly switched on, and you've thought, yeah, I do believe. I'm just going to say a simple prayer, and you can just say it too. And this will kind of get you started in your relationship with God. It's a simple prayer of just sorry, thank you, please. So I'm going to say it slowly. And if you would like to respond, I just encourage you to do that in the quietness of your own heart. So Lord Jesus, please forgive me for all the wrong things I've ever done in my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me right now as I've asked you. Lord Jesus, please come into my life and be my Lord, my God. I'm going to worship you for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. If you said that for the first time, please come and see me. I'd just love to encourage you. I'd love to shake your hand, really. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, as for the rest of us, let's be encouraged. I hope you have a great rest of the day. Um, if you've got any questions about uh, anything practical to do with worship, please come and uh, have a word with me afterwards. But that brings us to the end of our meeting. God bless you. Have a great rest of the day. And I think tea and coffee is served.